Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It is the 26th of March 2023 and this is podcast number 68 and the topic of today's podcast is going to be judging photographic competitions uh, from the perspective of the judge. Uh, this is something I've been wanting to talk about or write about for quite some time um, because I recently judged a fairly large international photographic competition and I think it'd be useful for those of you who have entered or do enter or are considering entering photographic competitions to hear the perspective of someone who has judged them and I've judged quite a lot of them over the years. So that's going to be the topic of today's podcast but just before I get into that a little bit of a travel update. I'm now in Svalbard. I arrived here a few days ago after um, the trials and tribulations of the Ellesmere expedition, which uh, Canadian North really made a complete mess of and really utterly ruined for me this year. But um, thankfully, the clients made it out into the field with the guide. They had a good experience. I've got a second group out in the field at the moment with my guide and my friend David Gibbon. And I had a satellite call from him earlier this morning that they have got onto some wolves up near Eureka Sound. So they are ecstatic over the moon and uh, I believe very, very happy with the images that they've been able to make. So very, very happy for them. It's really a roll of the dice to get up there and be able to find wolves and photograph them in, in you know, that sort of environment. So I'm thrilled for them. I'm looking forward to hearing more from them when they get back as well. No doubt they'll have quite a bit to say about uh, how it was, how cool it was, how amazing it was to see and photograph the the Arctic wolf. So uh, I think from my perspective now here in Svalbard, I'm going to be heading out on an expedition tomorrow for a couple of days out towards Isafjord Radio by snowmobile. Uh, looking, This is something I threw together last minute, just looking for wildlife, polar bears, Arctic fox, ptarmigan, really whatever we can find. I'm going to head out there with my friend Martin and um, we'll be out uh, all of tomorrow, all of the following day uh, before we return to Longyearbyen. And then I'll have a few more days here, uh, still a little over a week actually it is until my expedition begins on boats. So there's been quite a bit happening. Uh, it's fantastic to be up here in Svalbard at the moment. It's cold. It's not uh, as cold as it was up uh, in the Canadian Arctic. It's hovering around the sort of minus 20 degree mark. There's been no wind for the last few days, so it's been very, very pleasant. And the sun's out as well. So great place to be. All is well in the world, as they say. So let's get on to uh, the topic of the day, which is, as I said, going to be judging photographic competitions. And I think I just want to preface this by saying I have judged a lot of photographic competitions over the last decade. And it is a huge process. It's very, very challenging. Uh, I think based on my experience, judging competitions objectively is actually probably harder and more complicated than plucking up the courage to actually enter them, uh, even if it's your first time entering them. It's an extraordinarily time-consuming and an exhaustive process, really, if you do it properly. It takes much longer than you probably would think at, at first glance to actually judge an image. Um, so as I was saying at the start, not long ago, I, I judged a major international photographic compet competition that will remain nameless for now, and it proved a very enlightening experience. Um, there were well over 2,000 entries in that competition in the category that I was judging, and that took me over a week to go through the images with the appropriate due, due diligence. And that's a lot of time you have to devote as a judge, and it's a serious commitment, not only in terms of personal time, but in terms of you of making sure you do justice to the entrance. Uh, you have to keep in mind that the entrants have paid good money to submit their images and that you know you owe it to them to give them 
well, value and a return on their investment. So you have to go through each image uh, and you have to do it properly. Now, several things really, I think, shocked me as I went through. Shocked is probably the right word as I went through and judged the images. The first was how many of the photographs had really severe cyan or magenta color casts. Um, I can usually forgive a slight color cast, but many of these images had little or no incorrect or incorrect color calibration. I can only assume that most of the entrants were either colorblind or more likely they're not working on calibrated displays. And I suspect they're actually working on cheap laptop displays, a lot of them. But, you know, this article, this article, this podcast, I mean, it's not really intended to be an advertisement for uh, any brand of high-end monitor. But if you are in the market for a monitor and you want a properly calibrated display and you do need one, then you should check out the range of BenQ uh, color accurate displays because they offer incredible performance for the money. Amazing bang for the buck. Now, the second thing that really surprised me uh, about how bad uh, many of the entries were in this competition was how bad the post-production work was. Many of the images had been absolutely slammed with a sledgehammer, uh, often super-saturated, over-sharpened, that really didn't help their cause. Uh, Prolific use of over-clarity, too much contrast, it just ruined many, many entries. Um, And the net result of all of that over-processing, of course, is a vulgar, ugly and unappealing image that's never going to do well in a competition. Now, I was also staggered at the sheer number of images that showed zero imagination, creativity, or originality. Uh, The competition was filled with long exposure photographs of piers leading off to the horizon at sunset and endless incarnations of the willow tree at at Wanaka in New Zealand. Um, And scattered amongst those entries were countless long exposure cityscape photographs on the banks of the Sydney Harbour at night, it's almost as if the competition had stipulated that you had to photograph one of these these three subjects. And that simply wasn't the case. Now, as a judge of, you know, a lot of different photographic competitions over the years, one of the things that I look for, and I know other judges look for, is originality. You stand a much better chance of getting a good score if you can show the judges that something they haven't seen before, or at the very least, that something that they perhaps have seen, but show it to them in a new way. If you're going to show them a common photographed subject that they no doubt will have seen many, many times, then you better show the best possible example of that subject they've ever seen, or you're really not going to stand much of a chance. Um, that's just the simple way it is. When when we're judging photographs, uh, particularly digitally, not print competitions, but digitally, and we've got many, many photographs to go through, whether it's 100, 200, 500, 1,000 or whatever it might be, typically your screen time is going to be less than a second per image as you do go through them the first time. And you need to make a great first impression. And I'll talk about that in a little while. I want to talk about first impression and impact. But just before I get into that, I want to talk about uh, simplicity. So keeping your photographic entry simple. Now simple, this is something I've spoken about before in my podcasts. Simple always wins in photography. And it's worth remembering that Photography is a subtractive process. It's not an additive one. Um, Less is always more. And what you leave to the imagination is often far more substantial and important than what you visually include. So you should ask yourself, what are you trying to say with your photograph? And what feeling do you want to impart on the judges? And what can you take away from the photograph that's going to make it a stronger image? Because that the strength of your image and the impact that image makes in the first second the judge sees it, is going to have a huge bearing on whether that image goes any further in the competition or whether it hits the discard pile. Um, I don't really want this this podcast to be 
a what to do when entering competitions. That's that's sort of not the point of this podcast. But it's worth noting, as I said earlier, I would come back to this, impact counts. You only get a second to grab the judge's attention as they're scrolling through the many, many images in each category. And your photograph needs to have enough impact to make the judge stop, sit, and take notice of the image that's in front of them. If you can get an Im- image that has enough impact to get the judge to stop, then you stand a very good chance of getting them to look further and more deeply into the photograph. And that's when they will start to look at things like uh, how your eye is guided around the, the photograph, so the composition of the image, the tonalities in it, the color balance, all those sorts of things, the subject, what the subject might be doing, all those things then come into play, but they don't come into play if you don't get impact in the first second that the judge sees the image. Um, and if you make the wrong impact with gaudy colors or an awful color cast or clearly oversaturated image that's been slammed in post-production, it's going to hit the discard pile straight away and it's never going to go anywhere. So that's that's a really important thing to keep in mind when entering photographic competitions. As I said, I don't want the topic of this podcast to become what you should do when entering photographic competitions. That sort of isn't the point. The point really was more to talk about my experience uh, as a judge in recent years and what I have seen. And usually when I'm judging a photographic competition, what I find is it's a very small number of images that very quickly rise to the top uh, and the rest of the images very, very quickly fall away when you're doing that first pass of judging. And it's usually because there are very, very few good quality images that have been submitted. So if you are going to enter a photographic competition, make sure it's your best work. And if you're not sure, make sure, again, that you get someone to look over it, uh, who you trust, to give you their opinion of it before you enter that image. Because And check it for things like basic things, like has the, is there a cyan or magenta color cast to the photograph? If you post-produced it on a laptop display that hasn't been color calibrated, chances are it probably will have one. Uh, even if it has been properly calibrated, laptop screens are just the worst way you can possibly process your images because the luminance value of the screen changes depending on the angle that you're looking at it. Very few laptop screens, if any, have decent uniformity, meaning how bright they are from corner to corner. So things like vignetting can be very hard to judge when you're doing post-production. So you really need to start with a properly calibrated display uh, to give yourself the best possible chance to get your post-production right so that the judge, when they look at your image, is going to see someone who has the technical know-how to properly process an image. And hopefully that gets you through the first round if you've got enough impact. So I think that's really what I want to talk about today is just my recent experience in judging these, in judging photographic competitions. Um, as I said, these are the things that, that are the most important uh, from my perspective as a judge when I'm going through and looking at the photographs. This is why you often will see inexperienced judges, uh, this is just to sort of get sidetracked for a minute, but inexperienced judges will often rate quite highly uh, well-known subjects that perhaps they haven't seen before. So a good example of this might be ice on the black sand beach at Yokosalon, or what's known nowadays as the Diamond Beach. It's a place that's been photographed to death, to be honest with you. Uh, everyone who's ever been to Iceland has photographed on this beach, and images of it are all over the internet. Now, 
there is a chance, of course, that a judge hasn't seen one of those before. And if the image has been well done, there's a chance that image might actually get through to the finals. But there's far more chance for that image to get through to the finals if it's an image that the judge hasn't seen before or if it's, if it's a location they have seen before, if it's been showing in a new light. And as I said, the post-production has also been done really, really well. So that's it for today. I just want to quickly talk about my impressions after judging this competition. As I said, I was really surprised how bad many, many of the photographs were in this. And it actually made my job very easy because as I was going through the images, I was able to discard virtually 98% of them in my first round and distill it down to just the, the ones that were any good very, very quickly. But it's very unfortunate for those entrants because without direct feedback, and in this particular competition, there was no option for the judges to give direct feedback, uh, those entrants won't know, well, why didn't my photograph make it through to the final round of judging or the next round of judging? So that's also actually something to keep in mind when you are entering photographic competitions it's worth looking for competitions that do provide some sort of feedback from the judges because that feedback, in my opinion, can be invaluable in helping you better prepare for the next time you enter a competition. So that's, excuse me, that's it for today. I'm Josh. This has been the, what is it, what did I say it was? Episode 68 of the Wild Nature Photography Podcast on the 26th of March, 2023. I look forward to seeing you out in the field. Uh, for me, that's going to be tomorrow and hopefully with some polar bears and other wildlife. Take care.